Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, and back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I am great. I'm so excited for tonight. When we have audio that actually works. Well, that, that is a huge <laughs> bonus from yesterday. I was just saying out loud that, like, I feel like yesterday we tried so hard to get the audio to work with Pat, and he just, like, did not have bandwidth from Canada, I guess. And we eventually, I like how we just, like, made it work. We were like, yeah, we can only hear every third word, but, like, let's just roll with it. Pat lives on, like, some island, the most remote space of all of Canada. Apparently, they use AOL dial-up. <laughs> and uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. But I'm really excited tonight because we have Amy Everett with us. Amy, how are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So for those listening, Amy and I met, uh, we met in Salt Lake City at a competition that you won, I might add, that I'm sure we will talk about. Oh, my. Uh, my first time ever going to weightlifting competition, which was very cool, I might add. And we met for like five seconds. She was walking around with uh, one of her athletes, Maddie. And uh, I was like kind of momentarily starstruck. And you guys chatted with uh, Savannah, who I was there supporting. And then that was it. It was like 30 seconds. So when we had, um, who do we have on a couple of weeks ago, Nikki? Um, help me out. Strongman. Um, Rob? Rob, yes. Oh, yeah. I feel, yeah. oh, I love Rob so much. And he mentioned that you had joined Hard Work Pays Off in my antennas went up immediately. I'm like, we got to get her on. And then within like minutes, I got a DM from someone that was like six paragraphs long going, Hey, I don't know if you've heard of this woman, but you need to have her on. It was like just a list of your accolades. Oh swear to God. God. It was like the oh, longest email. So and I felt bad because I just responded with, Oh yeah, I've heard of her. We're going to have her on. Yeah, like, yeah, she's oh coming. My God. Well, how nice of that person to, uh, to pump me out, pimp me out to you. Well, they did. And, and quite literally, like, it was like reading a resume. Like this person had everything you've ever done in your life. They had like in the DM, it was amazing. Was it just Amy on a fake account? Maybe, maybe. I definitely, definitely not. I don't even know half the stuff that I've done. And (laughs) (laughs) O'Keefe recently at Can West was like, okay, you know, introduce yourself. I was like, hi, I'm Amy. He's like, that's not how we introduce ourselves. Really not where I was going. Never made introductions from then on because apparently I'm supposed to say all these, you know, accolades and things about myself. I'm very bad at that. Well, I would have reached out to you directly, but I know O'Keefe pretty well. Obviously, I know Savannah very well, who you coach. And I was like, if it felt weird to me, like going through one of your athletes to talk to you. So I'm like, I'll just message O'Keefe, see if he can connect us. And typical Matt, he's like so gracious and quick and like he's immediately on the ball. And like, within seconds, he had us, you know, on a email chat and it was great. So yeah, so here great. we are. Savannah is amazing. I adore her. Yeah, she's a phenomenal person and a phenomenal athlete. Um and uh, and has under your tutelage has become a even better i mean she was a great lifter before but like i've had the the honor of like kind of watching her progress since you've been coaching her and it's been really kind of probably why i'm so excited about having you on because it's rare that i get to see you know an athlete like kind of progress under someone and so to get to learn like how you do that is really exciting to me Well, let's, let's like back up for a second, because there are some people who have never heard of Amy, they must be living under a rock truly, but um, would love to just kind of like for the people who don't know you are not familiar with your resume of accolades. um, Amy, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing within the sport of weightlifting and sort of how your work has led you to joining most recently hard work pays off. Well, my name is Amy Naya Everett, and I am a senior international weightlifting coach for USAW. Um, I coach beginners, novice lifters, masters athletes, um, American record holders, national champions, Pan Am champions, Pan American record holder, and Olympian. Um, I coach CrossFitters, and I also coach lifters who never want to compete they just want to be the best lifter their garage has ever seen so I'm kind of all over there and uh you know the past couple years have really been devoted to the 2020 Olympics so I've been you know was traveling a lot for that for qualification and going to Tokyo which was amazing and so that is my in a nutshell history with coaching I've been coaching for I don't even know over 15 years I think um and I work really hard to continue to grow as a coach and do more and strive to be better. 
And now I'm working with HWPO as well. Which is amazing. So now you get to coach uh, some of the best CrossFitters in the world. Mal O'Brien, who's arguably probably the future champ. We, we all suspect if she continues to progress, like she has been, that's uh, precious. Have you already been to Vermont and and hung out with the crew? I actually have not been to Vermont. I'm uh, going in just a couple weeks. I'll be there for a week. Uh, The first week in October, my HWPO team, most of them are starting their European tour right now. So they're, uh, you know, over in Europe, they're doing a few stops there and I'm staying here to coach the kids. Well, if the one thing I've heard about the Vermont trips is you better bring your appetite. (laughs) Sammy likes to cook. She does. And we have that in common because when, when the athletes come to my house, I'm the same way. I just constantly feed them. I want to make dinner. I want, I, I'm constantly feeding them and cooking and so we're we're very similar in that way, taking oh, care of our people. We'll be over tomorrow then. That sounds <laughs> yeah, no. all we, about it. We had Sammy on. How long ago was it, Nikki? It was a few um, weeks, a few weeks ago. Yeah, a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. And it was like having just an old friend on the show. Like we like I had never met her before, never even talked to her really in any capacity. And it was like we'd known each other for decades. She really has a way to do that. She really has a way to make you just feel so invited and welcome. And she's absolutely just a wonderful person. I adore her. They they all are. It's really, um, that's what, you know, when I heard you were with uh, Hard Work Pays Off, I was so excited about it because all that entire crew is just, I mean, I've yet to meet anyone from there that I didn't think, man, that's just an awesome person. You know, between yeah. Keith and, you know, obviously Matt and Sammy and, and Rob, it's just like every single person we meet there is just salt of the earth. So Matt and Keith definitely really know how to surround themselves with like-minded individuals and just really cool people, yeah. really amazing people. I'm so honored to be a part of that. Well, it's good to have you there because, you know, Frazier's never been known to be a very good lifter. So having you as part of that team, I'm sure will really help him fix this problem. <laughs> yes, definitely. That was interesting to me, though, when they announced you were taking this over. And I mean, you're a consummate professional, so don't take the question wrong. But Matt has been kind of legendary in the CrossFit space for being a great lifter. And so it was really interesting to me when they're like, all right, we're going to, I don't know if outsource is the right word, but bring in someone to specialize in this is do you do you feel any pressure from that at all is it just like hey i'm gonna come in and and (laughs) and knock your clocks off of course i feel pressure i mean i'm very torn i was actually talking to my husband about this today because i'm very confident in myself as a coach and my abilities um but at the same time it is a lot of pressure to come into i mean to come into a new space so i've been around crossfit since the beginning i've coached lots of crossfit games athletes um, you know, but I have been out of CrossFit for a couple of years, but I'm always watching, but it is, you know, right now I just work for myself. It's just my husband and I, and, you know, we own Catalyst Athletics. And if I make a mistake or I don't represent myself well, it only really falls back on me. And now I have, you know, one of the best athletes of all time, saying, Hey, I want you to be the face of HWPO lift. And there is a certain pressure that comes on along with that because I want to do a good job for him, um, in O'Keefe and the whole team, but also I want to do a really good job for the community. And I want to, you know, I don't take it for granted that he chose me out of anybody they could have chosen, you know, he and Sammy and O'Keefe chose me and, And I don't take that for granted and I don't take it lightly. And so that's where the pressure comes from. Like now I'm not only representing myself, but I'm representing this new family that I have. And so I not only have to do a good job, you know, for my athletes, but now these other people that have welcomed me into this team and to the entire HWPO community, not to mention the games athletes I'm working with. And so I do feel pressure, but it's not because I'm not confident. It's because I really want to represent Matt and HWPO well, if that makes sense. Totally. I think that makes that makes a ton of sense. I think there's it's gotta be different types of pressure. I mean, obviously like running your own business and building your own brand as you have over many years, like comes with its own set of (laughs) difficulties and pressures and, and figuring out how to just like sustain that kind of a business model. But 
yeah, I mean, suddenly when when other people are relying on you, it's like, oh man, if I fucked up my shit, that's whatever. That's me. I can deal with right. my own. But then now someone else is involved and and yeah, it's it's scary. It makes it a little bit scarier. And I'm no new person to pressure. I felt pressure my entire coaching career. You know, as a female coach in such a male dominant world, you don't there's not very many female coaches and Um, you know, so that has been a pressure in its own, but I never took it as like pressure in a way that felt like it was buckling me or anything. I always have put my head down and work hard and I'm not going to stop doing that now. I'm just so grateful for the opportunity and I'm excited about it. And I know that I could do amazing things. And so, like I said, my confidence in knowing what I can do is really fueling me, but there's a little hint of, they're like oh god what if I fuck this up royally (laughs) do you still like feel any weirdness or get any I don't know sideways looks or whatever I mean being a female coach in a male dominant field is always going to have Mm -hmm. associated challenges but when you have the pedigree that you do like I feel like eventually at some point everyone's just like oh my god that's Amy like duh duh like she's she's supposed to be here she's earned her earned her spot whatever it may be but do you still get any like I don't know can a woman really coach weightlifting definitely yes even after all these years I do yeah and I I think that I have you know I've never been one to like wave my arms and be like look at me look at what I've done um and I just want my work to speak for itself and I feel like I've done a really good job at that so like a lot of the naysayers and a lot of the people who do think, oh, you should have hired this person who's a male because he knows more than she does, um, you know, which is horrible to hear. And and it's like, definitely there are people where I've earned their respect and they've seen the work that I do and how hard I work and, you know, my results and who I am as a person. And I think that that speaks for itself, but there are still people who are like, she just gets lucky or, you know, she, whatever, got lucky with this athlete. And it's like, no, that's not really how it works. It's like the saying that you hear sometimes where it's like, when people are saying, oh, you just got lucky and got this job or whatever. It's like, well, wait a minute. I've been, I've been in this sport for 28 years. That's not luck. That's 28 years of working and learning and growing. And yes, it seems like now, like things are paying off, but I've worked for those things. And, um, You know, and so I just, I don't ever want to be in a position where I feel like I have to defend myself as a female coach. And I don't like when people are like, you're really good for a female coach. It's like, oh my God. I don't, don't place, I am a female and I recognize that I am in a male dominant world, but I don't strive to be the best female coach in the world or in the country. I strive to be the best coach in the world or the country. Right. So it's like, I don't want those limitations on me. Like, Oh, you're great for a female. No, I'm just great. Like, I don't ever want to feel, I don't ever want to look in the mirror and say, why are you striving to be better than the worst? Like, I don't want to feel that way that I'm striving to be better than like someone down here. I want to, I'm striving to be better than everybody up here. And I'll stop at nothing to get there. Really? Not a girl. It's just bananas that after, so like, if you got to cut your teeth in any profession or any sport, I can respect that. But after so many years to still have that sort of like doubt placed on you for no good reason at all, other than you have a vagina, like it just doesn't make sense. Exactly. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make it's any like, sense. Oh, so he's better than me, even though we've had the same accolades or the same things that have accomplished, but he's better because he has balls. Like, how does that work? In your I don't head. understand it. I don't understand. I never will. I could talk about this for a really long time, but yeah. I digress. Plus, balls are fragile. You got to be careful with balls. <laughs> they are. They're so fragile. They're that's very fragile. Of, that's a good way of putting it, John. Very, very fragile. Um, but that's that is wild. But I do think that I do think that what you're doing uh, by just I want to say this right because I don't want to be like, well, what you're doing by being a woman in this sport because it's not like that. But it's like. What you're doing by setting your own goals, regardless of whatever anyone else may do or think or say, like that is 
to me, what is really making you a leader in this sport. Like you're like, I want to be the best fucking coach in the world. I want to have my athletes at the top of the podium everywhere. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they are or who I am. Like here I am working. And I think that that work ethic and also the way that you approach, and I want to talk about that separately a little later on, but the way that you approach your coaching from every angle, from a strength angle, from a mental angle and an emotional angle, like all of that, I think is just, it sets the bar really high. Yeah, I want to, you know, and I don't, I want to work hard, no matter who I'm working for, meaning what, whether it's the mom with three kids, who's trying to be the best lifter her garage has ever seen with no aspirations to compete, or someone who's trying to qualify for nationals or someone who wants to podium at the games or wants to make it to the Olympics or podium at the Olympics, like, I feel like I put the same, my same soul into whoever the person is because their goals are important, regardless of what their goals are. I'm never one to be like, well, you're really kind of dumb because you're not trying to go to the Olympics. Like that, that goal, whatever their goal to them is, is so important. And for me, it's so important to help them with those goals. And so I don't want to put boundaries on myself and become someone that people expect me to be because I'm a female or whatever the situation may be, because I'm me and I'm going to continue to be me. And I'm going to continue to break down walls and barriers that are placed in front of me because I'm a female, because I just think that sucks and I don't like it. You know, Amy, one thing that's interesting to me about your coaching and, you know, I, I mentioned, I've had the opportunity to kind of watch you progress an athlete, you know, and, and make them better and stronger. But as I've, you know, kind of followed your journey and looked at, you know, your social profile, it feels like a significant portion of your coaching isn't just progression coaching, meaning, you know, hit these percentages and do these lifts. A lot of it's mindset, mm-hmm. which is really, really interesting to me. How much, how much of your coaching of helping these athletes is mindset coaching of, of like teaching them that you're stronger than you think you are? I think that, you know, I, it's huge. Like any, I could, anybody can hand you a piece of paper with numbers, right. And just be like, here, do these numbers. But, and some people will do great at that, but that's not my style. I'm like, how do we take this piece of paper of numbers and use that to make you unstoppable for whatever your goals are? And that takes a lot of mindset and it takes a lot of mental work. And I really believe that you have to work just as hard with your mental training and in becoming tough, I call it, you know, and having the garage mind and doing those things so that you can believe in yourself. And I think today specifically, it's very different from when I was an athlete. You know, it's very different from even 15 years ago when there wasn't social media. And the example of that is like when I was an athlete, we didn't have Instagram or Twitter. We couldn't get on Instagram and see what everybody else was lifting, right? So we had nobody to compare ourselves to day to day. Uh, you just didn't know. You didn't know how people were performing until you showed up at a competition. And then you're like, oh, well, this is what they've been doing in training. And you didn't have not only with training, but, you know, maybe now they have sponsors in there and how many likes they're getting and uh, how many followers they have and what they're doing in training and how, you know, uh, how their bodies look. And we're in a constant state of comparing ourselves to other people because of social media. And we just didn't have that back then. And that doesn't mean to say that you didn't have to work on being mentally tough back then you still did, especially with something like weightlifting, you have to be tougher than the bar or it's going to rock you. And, but I think what I have found, especially the last 10 years with social media being so prominent in everyone's lives is comparison gets in and we compare ourselves to what someone else did. And, Oh my God, they're training so well. And I'm having a bad week and you know, this or that. And it just really, puts athletes in this state of feeling negative, you know, or having doubt or fear. And so I try really hard to keep my athletes focused on the little things and the little things that we're doing that are within our control. And 
our progress. Like I can't go and be as good as somebody over here. I'm not them. I can only be as good as I can be. And what's it going to take to get there? Because weightlifting is really freaking hard. It is so hard. If it were easy, everyone would be world champions who pick up a barbell and be a world champion, but it's really hard. And so I think with my coaching is we work so much on toughness and confidence. Um, and we do a lot of work outside of just sending over a program every day, forever. When I saw you in Salt Lake city, I was so impressed how you applied all those principles to yourself. Like it's one thing to coach people, but Nikki, I got to tell you, this was really fun. I'm work. so okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. No, this is the best. Like, so I like, I'd never been to a competition before, but I've seen a lot of competitive athletes and the greatest athletes, the Michael Jordans, the Mike Tyson's, the Muhammad Ali's, like they all had like their thing, you know what I mean? Like uh, their process and Amy comes out to lift and I won't do this justice and I'm probably going to get some of it wrong, but you have like, you kind of walk back and forth behind the bar. You do this foot stomp thing that I loved, just absolutely loved it, you know, and like you're getting psyched up for the lift and you did it every single lift exactly the same way. And mm -hmm. every time I thought I'm like, oh man, she is like, this is her process this is how she's getting mentally tough. And then, and this is what I told Savannah at the meet, every lift was technically perfect like, like, have you ever seen like nikki have you ever seen like a michael jordan jump shot and you're of like course. like that looks more beautiful than any jump shot i've ever yeah, seen That's what it was like it was like and you know as a crossfitter i see a lot of shitty lifts so, yes. so i'm like i don't see a lot of great lifts and i'm like holy crap that's what a clean's supposed to look like that's what a jerk's supposed to look like you know it, it was just really amazing so i really appreciated the fact that you had your own process that you had applied to yourself for these lifts to get you know, I don't know if psyched up's the right word. Yeah, but, you know, but yeah. one of my old athletes dubbed that my platform swag. <laughs> like what uh -huh. I yeah. No, and I call it my recipe for success, which is a whole other conversation. But um, you know, it's the first time I had competed in seven years. So a wow. lot of my athletes, Maddie and Michelle came and coached me, and they'd never seen me compete before. They'd seen me in the gym and uh, you know, training, but they'd never seen me compete, and it just <laughs> just terrified them <laughs> they were just like oh my god don't say anything to her do we say something to her do we give her a cue what do we do <laughs> look the other way don't look her directly in the eye don't do it well that, that, that part was pretty cool too like maddie rogers was on the side like kind of shouting for you and cheering for you and i'm sitting there like it's so surreal like maddie's arguably the greatest on the planet like she's yeah. just this amazing athlete and she's over there like shouting at you as you're lifting you know it was it was more intimidating for them than they expected. You know, at the beginning, she's like, oh, how the tables have turned. I'm going to be right. your boss now and coach you. And then mid, like, you know, once I started going out for my first attempt, she's like, oh, God, maybe I don't want this job. What do I say? What do but I do? I was really, I mean, I had set these goals. They knew what my goals were. Um I, I was supposed to, I wanted to snatch 80, but Maddie messed up. Don't tell her I told you that. She'll forever cry. That's why she was crying. She'll forever be upset about it. But I did 79, which is basically the same thing. I set these goals. They knew my goals. And I basically, I, it was important to me to walk my talk, you know, because I instill so much of this stuff into them and I put so much on them like this, you know, this is what we're working on. This is the work we have to put in every single day. And at that competition that I did, I didn't do it for them. I didn't do it for anyone else. I just really needed to do something for me because I was really struggling mentally in my life. I was just in a really bad place and I needed to have a goal for myself. And and seeing me do that, I think really showed them like, okay, she walks her talk. Like she yeah. is willing to do whatever she asks of us. And not that I, you know, I don't think that they ever doubted that, but I think seeing that was really special for them. And I'm grateful that they had that opportunity to see that, you know, and even my athletes that weren't there, they were able to see that. And I think that it was really an amazing thing for them to see me compete because my none of my athletes I, I have right now have seen me compete. So it was cool. You you mentioned that uh, you were going through a tough time. Is weightlifting your release or your escape from trouble? No. No, no it's her full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> it is <I> a stressor. 
Uh, sometimes it can be, but let me tell you when I'm in the gym coaching all day, when I'm watching weightlifting videos all day, when I'm talking about weightlifting all day, the last thing I freaking want to do is weightlift. Of course. It's just, no, but because see weightlifting for so many people is it's their outlet. It's something that they do either for their sport. Cause they have to, you know, like for example, you know, CrossFitters, they have to be good at Olympic weightlifting or, you know, some people it's their job. Like Maddie, it's her job. Uh, you know, she's an elite level lifter and that's all she does. And so it's like, and then for some people, they have other jobs, you know, they're a lawyer or a teacher or whatever. And then they come in and weightlifting is their outlet. But to me, I can't have weightlifting as an outlet because it's my whole life, you know? So for a while there, I was doing, for a couple of years, I was actually doing fight club. I call it fight club. Don't talk about it. No, um, you're not allowed to. Where I was having, a, I had a coach and he would come to my house three or four days a week. And I would do like a combination of boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai and BJJ. So he basically fought me like he taught you know, coach me like an MMA fighter, but he got a different job and couldn't, the times he could come weren't good anymore. Like he couldn't come until seven 30 at night because you know, his job and I can't function at seven 30 at night after coaching all day. And that was a great outlet for me because it was something that was just mine. I didn't have to share it with anybody. I didn't have to talk about it with anybody. Um, but since that's gone away, I'm trying to set goals for myself with lifting to make it fun for me. Like, okay, well, this is my goal right now. So just do that. Even if that only means you're snatching every day. So at least I can keep it as an outlet, but I only trained for seven weeks for master's nationals because I hadn't been training. Well, you couldn't tell because you dominated, <laughs> you dominated that competition. It's just like riding a bike. Totally. Totally. Yeah. You never forget. I got to tell you, like I'd never been, again. I'd never been to one of these competitions. It's like a chess match. Mm. Like you know, these lifters come out, and I don't, I don't know the rules at all. It's like watching soccer for me. Like I don't know what the hell's going on. I have no idea. And you know, somebody's supposed to come out, and then all of a sudden they're not coming out, and somebody else is coming out and left, and you guys are changing weights every five oh, seconds. Yeah. There's it, a lot of battling from behind the scenes. It's very intense and very cool in that yeah. regard. Pretty cool. It's not just people lifting weight. It's people like trying to one up each other, right? That's a lot well, of strategy. There was a lot of strategy going on. And if I remember right, you know, I have a really crappy memory at this age, but uh, you guys put some strategy together for Savannah and she ended up, uh, you know, the people around her, they were, were changing weights here and there and it messes up the other people when you change the weights, you know, they're, oh, yeah. not, they're not anticipating it. And it's a real mind game. It's yeah, a it really is. interesting sport. Really interesting. Yeah, I had to leave early. And so Michelle, who coached me, she yep. jumped in for Savannah and we talked about her plan and Savannah just crushed it. She was so ready. Yeah, she did great. It uh it was such a cool sport. It made me want to come home and build a platform in my basement and buy something. I oh, I didn't. Don't no, no, don't care. I didn't do it. No, no, no. I didn't do it. <laughs> I'm still a crossfitter, but uh but yeah, it was very, very cool. Plus, I would never wear the singlet. Not in a million years. No, would I you oh, would rock the singlet. Oh, John, I think a singlet should be in your future. I, I want a singlet with cats on it. Okay. Like cats, like beans, beans face. Cats would definitely distract everyone from the fact that you're in a singlet if you yeah. have that on. It would be amazing. You should wear the gymnastics singlet that's basically just a leotard. That's what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. I'm here think, for it. I think I'd look like Olivia Newton-John and Xanadu. That's why yeah. I would never wear a singlet. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> um, so years. Amy, I want to ask about, I saw you've posted recently on your Instagram, you posted some clips from these camps that you've been running. Mm-hmm. And I, I do have some some specific questions, but first just yeah. tell, tell us a little bit about the camps. Like what is that that you do? Um, I have been doing, um, for several years now, I just took a break, uh, during COVID and then after COVID, uh, you know, after the quarantine and everything and everything was shut down, I did, I started doing more of them because I really recognized that people really needed it. You know, my Mm -hmm. husband went together that's men and women, but I was doing a women only camp because what, um, so many people have been training alone, you know, gyms shut down in their area. They lot, you know, they never opened back up after the shutdown. They ended up building these garage gyms at their house. And then they're like, well, this is great. And so they stayed there. And I wanted to really 
build something where a community of women can come together to support each other through this these hard times. Back before COVID started, I would just do them for fun. Um, but now they have a little bit of a different purpose because so many women that come, they, they've just been training alone. Some of them have never trained with another person. Had a coach's eyes on them. They either maybe they learned from a CrossFit gym and then started training in their house and learned via video. So I do these camps and I typically do them at my house, but I just recently did the first one away from my house and I did it in one of my athletes' gyms in New Orleans and it was just a blast. And and it's not just about lifting. We do we definitely do a lot of lifting. We do full four full four full training sessions and we do it kind of like, um, progression style. So we'll be like, okay, well, we're going to work on some snatch technique or we're going to work on some clean and jerk technique or this, you know, we, we, there's a lot of learning involved. Um, and we do a lot of talks. There's a lot of tears and smiles. We do bonding stuff. We eat meals together. Um, we talk about everything. We get vulnerable. We, uh, you know, I mean, some people don't want to talk. They just kind of listen and be there and that's okay too. And then we always do some kind of fun activities. Um, you know, it changes a lot because a lot of my people, they repeat camp. So I want to change it up. Like in New Orleans, we um, had some traditional New Orleans food and then we went on a haunted ghost tour. It was so mm-hmm. fun. And then we went to a vampire bar, which was crazy. And I, I didn't drink because I always feel like I'm in re- I, this. I'm working. This is my responsible mode. Like I don't want to drink while I'm here. But I went to it and was able to observe this stuff. So we do that, and it's just it is just has changed my life in so many ways. But I see it changing these women's lives, and and the people that come aren't like elite lifters or super experienced lifters. Most of the time, they're beginners, novice. They're like pretty new. Um, you know, some of them have never competed before. Some of them have done local competitions. There's a lot of masters that come masters lifters are the, or like, like us, like John and I, like these, the old folks. Um, and so, and I see them making lifelong friends, you know, some of these girls, they go and get tattoos together. I see them hanging out on, you know, tagging each other on Instagram. It's like they, they meet at camp. They have bonding and then they become like these internet training partners. I've seen mm-hmm. them time with each other during training. So they don't feel alone. You know, they sometimes meet up with each other. It's just, it's a wonderful thing. And I love it so much. I can so that, tell, I could yeah. tell just from the couple clips that you posted, I could tell that it was like a transformative experience because- really is. Yeah. Because I mean, I hope so. I always, <laughs> I always send out a survey afterwards. With these questions. <laughs> and yeah. how were you transformed during this? I'm no, like, please tell me. Right from one bad Yelp review. That's what I say. You know, I Dude. send out surveys like, because I want to know, like, was there something you didn't like, or was it enough volume for you or too much volume or, you know, how can I make it better? Like, what can I do to be better? Because I want to continue to make my camps more and more amazing each time. So I send out these surveys afterwards and tell if they're anonymous. So I say, be honest. And fortunately, everyone really loves it. And I get a lot of repeat people. So I know that they've had fun. And it's just, it fills my heart so much. And I just absolutely love having the time with these women. And, and I learn so much every time I have mm-hmm. a and it helps me, it, it teaches me as a coach and it helps me grow in empathy and also just adds more tools to my toolbox that I can use. Like, oh, this one time I was teaching this girl and she was having this issue. And so, and now you're having this issue and it, it has that, it's a nice little bucket of tools that I have carrying around because I'm able to use all of these experiences when I, you know, am around a person like that again. And so yeah, they're amazing. Well, they're so well, much fun. What really struck me when I was watching some of the clips was this this one kind of like discussion that you guys were having about self-talk. And I mm-hmm. thought to myself, man, doesn't this just apply in every facet of life? Doesn't it yeah. apply in weightlifting and also in your personal life and you versus you in your own head? And the, the basically the gist of the conversation was, why, it, why would you say something to yourself that you would be appalled if I said to you, 
Like if I was walking around being like, oh my God, I suck so much at weightlifting. Like, okay, well, if, if I told you that you sucked at weightlifting, wouldn't you like slap me across the face? That would be horrendous for yeah. me to say to you. So why is it okay that you said this to yourself? And the the epiphany that I had from watching your like 20 second Instagram video, I was like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta go to one of these. Like that was like that moment where I was like, doesn't, isn't this uh, conversation just so important to every aspect of mm-hmm. life as a woman, but as anyone truly like, right. dang. Oh, I you have a that. lot of those. Oh, hard. sorry, John. I said, I struggle with that. That's so hard. It's not just women. It is. And we have a lot of talks like that at my camps. We, we dive into a lot of vulnerable stuff. That's hard that people don't want to talk about, or you feel shame admitting, or it's, it's hard to ask for help, or it's hard to say, I'm struggling with this, whether it's in lifting or in life. And, and you know, that, like you said, it was like a minute, not even a minute snippet of this big conversation where we were talking about how we beat ourselves up, whether it's in sport or our personal life, you know, whether it's about our job or our bodies or, you know, who we are as a person and, and how those negative thoughts just can consume us. And then it it just really, takes away all of our confidence and it's crippling. And so how can we change the narrative and how can we work to like not say things to ourselves that we wouldn't say to our someone we love or even your worst enemy? (laughs) I mean, maybe then you would say it, but I can be a pretty spiteful (laughs) bitch though. Yeah, same. And I have to stop myself a lot and be like, would I say this to one of my athletes? But it's like, would I say this to my daughter? you know? And it's like, okay, I wouldn't. So why am I saying it? Like, why is it okay to say to myself if I would never say it to somebody else? Like that would be so hurtful mm-hmm. and mean. And like, how sad would they feel if I said those words to them about them? But yet I say that to myself and that's all I'm doing to myself is making my sa- myself sad and feeling like I've, you know, been put down and that it's just horrible, but we don't look at it like that. Right. We're like, Oh, it's in my head. It's okay. But right. it's not okay because then right. it becomes a habit. That's how we talk to ourselves. It becomes a habit. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, if you wake up every day and you're like, I love me some Amy. Ooh, I look cute today. Look at my butt. You know, or I am the greatest. I am so great at snatches or I am so great at my job or I am a wonderful, amazing friend. Like if we talk to ourselves that way, that becomes a habit. Like if we're powerful enough to make ourselves feel like shit about ourselves, then we're definitely powerful enough to make ourselves feel great about ourselves. You know, and that's what really, that's what really got me about that clip was it wasn't like the fact that it was like squishy and wonderful and tears were flowing and everyone hugged afterwards. It was like just a straight up shift in perspective. Like I need someone to slap me across the face with that shit sometimes. And yes, like the vulnerable conversations are very important. And I love me some like deep dives into the soul. But <laughs> but just for you to be like, hey, so like, have you thought of it this way? I was like, oh my God, I haven't. Yeah. Dang. Good. Well, resonated with you. 100%. That was, that was really impactful. So sign me up. Let's do a camp in Rhode Island. I volunteer. Okay. I I'm doing go. one in Hawaii in a couple weeks. I'm really... Uh. Okay, let's do that one instead. I, I changed my mind. Hawaii sounds way better than Rhode Island. Hawaii is way better. I want to go to these. I, I struggle with this too. I do this all the time. I can't tell you how often I get up and look in the mirror. And I'm like, oh, I'm so fat today. Yeah, it's tough. You know, or, you know, or I have a bad lift or a bad workout or whatever. I'm like, oh, I'm so bad at this. And I'm always so impressed at people that can can view themselves in such a positive life and so i'm trying to to build this kind of inner dialogue of i control it Mm -hmm. so if i wake up and i go you know i feel bloated or fat or i don't look the way i want to look but i control it i can still go do something about it and and i go attack it but it's hard to have that constant it is it is hard i mean i as perfect and confident as I am, or as I appear to be yeah. on Instagram, I struggle with it a lot too. And that's why I think I'm so open about teaching it to people. Like I get it. I do it too. And I have to catch myself and be like, how can I change this narrative right now? Like what is a positive I can focus on today instead? Even if I have to repeat that in my head for like the next 10 minutes to distract myself from the negative thing I'm telling myself. But it takes a lot of work. And then those habits, it starts to become a better habit where like the second you start to think of it, you're like, nope. You tell that little fucker on your shoulder who's like whispering in your ear how terrible and fat and ugly and slow and 
crappy you are at everything in life and you just look at them and be like, you don't know shit about me because I am. Mm-hmm. Right. What I love about Not this today, and why I, I tell you what I love about this and why I love that you're joining hard work pays off is that CrossFit is built around comparison. Mm-hmm. Comparison to yourself and comparison to others. You know, like we've we've done this for over a decade now, a couple of decades of you know, of having benchmark workouts and everybody compares themselves to everybody else. And so now you're going to be coaching, you know, in this case, you know, we'll say, you know, Mal and Jason, you know, two of the, the, you know, best in the sport right now. And this is a valuable skill for them to learn early on because these are young CrossFitters in their career having yeah. to compare themselves against the Tia Claire Toomey's and, and even worse, like those two are comparing themselves against Matt. Yeah. Mm. You know, the, the goat. The greatest of all time. like Literally the greatest of all time. I I will argue with what anybody says about other people being better. I don't think anyone can touch him. I'm I'm team Matt. I am absolutely team Matt. And, you know, and so I think that's got to be hard for someone like, you know, Mal is, you know, training under him and and Jason too, who's spectacular as well. You know, but they're going to be in a shadow for a while. Have you given thought about how you're going to approach that with them coming in early on and, helping them kind of create their own shadow? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, the thing is, is how lucky are they that they get to be taught by the greatest of all time? And I think that they have so much to learn from him and so knowledge to gain, so much knowledge to gain from him. Um, And, but they can't compare themselves to him because they're not him. Nobody is Matt. They can strive to accomplish things that he's accomplished, or they can strive to perform like him or move like him or be mentally tough like him. But they can only do that in the best that they have to give. And and that doesn't mean that they can stop short. That means that they can set goals for themselves. You know, this is, I want to accomplish what Matt has accomplished, or I want to be able to move like Matt did. I want to be able to have the mental fortitude to not give up on myself like Matt did. That is very different than comparing yourself to Matt as the person. Because I think if you try to compare yourself to Matt as the person, you're constantly going to set yourself up for disappointment. And you're constantly going to feel like you're failing, not only yourself, but Matt, because you're not Matt, Mm. right? So I think it's important for them. And, you know, something I've already been working on with them is like, what is the win from today? Like, what did we do really well today? Like, I understand this, this, and this is not going well and we're learning these things, but what did we win? Like, what did we learn today? And what can we take into tomorrow to make that better? But then also to make the things that didn't go great better. And that's how you constantly get better, right? We keep focusing on the little things and then a little by little becomes a lot. And so I don't want them to compare themselves to other people. I want them to compare themselves to them yesterday. That's, That's how I look at it. I love that. I love that so much. And because, you know, these are two CrossFitters. I'm excited to see their progress. And I, I kind of always wonder that about them. It's like, it's got to be hard training with someone like Matt, who, you know, is the nicest guy on the planet. You know, it's not a critique of Matt. It's just like, how do you you know, how do you live in that shadow and like come up under it? And so I love your mindset of how you've got them focused on themselves. Like, yeah. It's yeah, just gotta be that shift in perspective. And I don't think, I don't think Matt would want them to put that pressure on themselves. Right. Exactly. You know, I don't, I can't speak for him and it's not a conversation we've had, but knowing him, I know that he wouldn't be like, you guys have to be like me. Like no way. You know, he wants to teach them to be the best that they can be. And to be unstoppable and unbreakable and powerful and strong minded and physically. And I mean, that's what I want for them too. And I don't, I think that comparing yourself to somebody else constantly is just so hard on your mindset. It's really draining and it holds you back in a way because you don't want to walk into the gym and be like, I'm never going to be as good as Matt. So are you, are you going to, are you going to be exclusively coaching the athletes under hard work pigs off? Or are you going to be doing also doing a lift program 
for hard work? So, yeah. So we have HWPO lifts. So like Rob talked about with you, he has HWPO strong, which is the big three bench squat and deadlift. And I'm going to be doing HWPO HWPO lift. And that's going to start early November. And it's basically going to be a program that is Olympic lifting focused. So it's going to have, you know, the snatch, the clean and jerk squats, pulls all the exercises to help you be better at snatching and clean and jerking. But it's also going to have CrossFit workouts like Metcons and conditioning in there that are optional. So the great thing about it is it's going to complement each other. So you know, that way you don't, it takes the guest workout. So you're not doing this lifting program and then going and trying to wait, I'm getting a notice that it says my stream is having connected issue. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I know I you're good. Hear you. you're yeah. Good. yeah good. Um, so it's not going to take, it's going to take the guesswork out of it. So it's not like you're going to be able to do this lifting program and then have to go out and search for your CrossFit because it's re- mixing two programs together. Very rarely work. Ever. Totally. Totally. And that's like, I feel and like that's downfall like that's what we all do we all like in the gym four or five days a week and then we're like oh I really want to get better at this and then you like go seek out a a program and then you're like wait but do I do that or do I right but like also the class is doing this today and that looks really fun but I'm supposed to snap and then you walk around like this and you never have progressions and you never something so this is going to take all the guesswork out it's going to have your warm-up your lifting whatever you know the metcon and conditioning access accessories I call them and you'll have your whole program right there. However, the CrossFit part is going to be optional. So people who only maybe want to CrossFit one or two days a week, but still lift five days a week, then they can do that. Or if they want to lift, you know, it's so it's going to complement each other and be one amazing program so that people don't have to like guess what they have to do or, totally. or try to put two programs together, which means one of them is going to suffer. It's huge. Uh, I, I know you've coached a lot of people over the years, but are you prepared for the masses? Because <laughs> That's a great like, question. You know, Matt's, Matt's got a lot of followers and there's a lot of people I'm signed really up excited. for Harvard Face Off. I'm really excited. Yeah. So that is what HWPO Lift is. Um, with the athletes, I'm focusing on them during the off season. So between now and December to January, they're going to be doing my, we're going to be full-time lifting basically. And oh, then now their CrossFit stuff on that. This these are athletes that are like on the games track. Yes. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. No, 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 the games athletes. Like the now. Games, that's what I mean. Yeah, the games yeah. athletes. So they're gonna be really trying to get strong and then they're gonna get fast. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. work on them. This we're is such a this is such a monster advantage. I don't think like I hope people recognize that like the average crossfitter, they don't think people don't think about what goes into the games. They just think Mal's great and she is great. Yeah. Like in so many ways, Mal is so spectacular. And without stroking your ego, Amy, you're such an advantage for Mal. <laughs> such you. an advantage for her. Like I I'm just thinking so. of that of like on her and Jason having you in their back pocket to get better at what is a significant part of our sport. Like man, yeah, I'm, I'm I kind of feel bad for the other CrossFitters. I gotta be honest. Like <laughs> it's a big but, thing. It's going to be great. I have a good group of people I'm working with um, over the next couple of months and we're going to have fun and they're going to be here next week at my house. I get them for like nine days and it's, I'm really excited. It's great. And, you know, they trust me and we're building a solid relationship. You know, I've been working really hard at build, fostering a relationship with each of them, each of the athletes. And um, I want them to know that they can trust me and talk to me about any anything and, you know, we talk about heart. We're starting to trickle into, you know, different things, but it's, you know, when you get new athletes, you have to really, it's like any relationship. You have to really work hard to build a solid foundation of that relationship so that there's trust and just a good solid relationship so that we can communicate and, you know, all of those things. And so I've been really having so much fun getting to know each of them and uh, I adore them. I'm attached already. Well, it's, it's so worth, important. It's worth mentioning too that whenever you're a coach, uh, you're also a part-time therapist. Oh yeah, for are. <laughs> it's unavoidable because people are either coming at you for their release, like we talked about in the beginning of this episode, or they're working really hard through something, and that inevitably is 
tied to some sort of emotional mental game you know it's whether it's they're there to push through the really hard day they had or that's just literally a really hard lift that they're trying to accomplish like you can't avoid it I have been coaching CrossFit for 10 going on 11 years now and the personal things that come up just like you're that you're that rock for someone. And so it, you can't avoid it. You can't avoid like needing to build yeah. that trust because inevitably they're going to be like, Hey, Amy, I, I let's work on my snatch today. And also like my dog is sick, you know, like whatever well, it may that be. Life stuff trickles uh-huh. in and affects training. So it's like, Oh, well, I was up all night. Okay. Well, why were you like exactly. why you yep. today? Were you up all night, like at a bar hanging out with your buddies or is it because your dog was sick and, or you were fighting with your girlfriend or mm-hmm you know, whatever, like that stuff that happens in real life, even if it's, it isn't an incident that just happened yesterday, but if it's like something that's been affecting you emotionally, we have to work on those life things too, because they will affect your training. Yes, they will. 100%. 100%. Nobody can leave that all at the door. Like, even if you pretend like I'm tough today, I'm strong, I'm going to do great. Like subconsciously there, it affects you or it affects your recovery or, you know, so yes, it is. I, I didn't, and one of those coaches where it's like, sometimes I worry that I have a little bit too, like I try to have a little bit too much control. Cause I'm like, okay, let's talk about this because I want to talk about this before you go in and train, or, you know, we have to work on all of these things. We have to work on making you a happier, better, more amazing person to make you a happier, better, more amazing athlete. Okay. But Amy, that's a lot on you though. It is like, that's a lot of stuff to shoulder and, and I can tell that you think of all of your athletes as your babies, like all of them are important parts of you and your family. So like, that's a lot for one person to take on and be like, we have to make you happy and make your life better and fix your anxiety. And, and then also everyone needs to lift. Like we got to do all these yeah. things, you guys, come on. I know. And, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, or fortunately for my athletes, that's just the coach I am yeah. now. Am I that way when I like, for, you know, I have this program called Amy's ladies and there's, you know, hundreds of people on there. Am I that way with all hundreds of those people? No, I don't individually talk to everyone about their life. Right. But for my, for my athletes, my competitive athletes who I, I talk to every day, all day. Yes. I'm that person for them. It's a lot. So, you know, and, but also I know my limits. I know, like, like I, t- I, I know when I can't take on another athlete and I say, mm. I'm full. you know, I have a wait list. I don't take on more than I can handle ever. Um, so, and I, you know, I, so I, I'm aware of that so that I don't because if I become a useless piece of crap, what good am I going to be for my athletes? Right. That's the truth. You know, Nikki, you called it part-time therapy, but it, I think it's full-time. Whatever <laughs> that's worth. And fame, you know, kind of famously, Amy, uh, you know, Maddie, who you coach yeah. is, has been very open in social media of like struggles with anxiety and, mm-hmm. and, and those things. And, and it's had tremendous success under you. And, and, and when I see, you know, and so I've kind of watched that journey over the last year where she's, will have meets or, or even just training where she's having the anxiety issues. And then when she'll have an amazing meet and I feel like that's your influence of being able to bring the, be that calming force and to be someone that she can go to and listen to. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of envisioning you being that person now for CrossFitters. And that's, I think that's why I'm so excited about you joining a hard work because I, you know, this is, this is a very tough mental sport, Mm -hmm. both competing against yourself and others. And to have someone like yourself that has that kind of experience to be able to coach people through those, those mental challenges that come with it is just really kind of a special thing. Thank you. I hope it's hard for Maddie. You know, I'm very proud of her. You know, she is the most watched weightlifter in the world. Her social media following is more than any other weightlifter. And I am so proud of her for being open about her mental health struggles and using her experience to help other people. She does get a lot of hate that quite frankly pisses me off. Oh my God. Oh, you had a bad me and you talked because it was, you know, you were having terrible anxiety, but when you do good, your mental health is fine and you don't have mental Mm. health problems all of a sudden. So you're, if you have a bad me, you make excuses and say it's because your mental health and people like have this in their brain. I'm like, no. She, you know, she clearly is going to have good and bad needs. And sometimes those bad needs are because mentally she was, her mental health was struggling that day. 
but she's also the first to say, I had a good brain day today. I'm proud of my brain because I was able to fight through the mental struggle in order to have this great day. And if anybody that has mental health issues, whether it's anxiety or depression, you know that it shows up some days for no fucking reason. Oh, yeah. You have no control over it. So it's like, if it comes today, sometimes you have a good grasp on it and sometimes you can handle it really well. And sometimes you can fight through it. And sometimes you simply cannot. Right. And that is not making excuses. That's being honest. Like I was not able to be better than my mental health today. I wasn't able to get a control of it or I was able to get control of it, or I didn't have any mental health issues today. And anybody who suffers from severe anxiety or depression knows that it's like this and you have mm -hmm. control. And so it makes me mad when people say that, like, oh, she's just making an excuse. No, it's really not an excuse. She's right. just choosing to be open and honest about it, you know, so people understand that you shouldn't feel shame if you have a bad mental health day, which right. I think is incredibly brave of her. Even yeah. if she's been crapped on about it. You know, it's there's not a single person on this planet with perfect mental health. And so it just blows my mind when people are like critical of, of, you know, anyone who's open and honest about the way that they're feeling because everyone has shit days. Yeah. And so if I have more than you, okay, like, what are you counting? Mine versus <laughs> yours? Like, it's so weird. And it, right. it, like your mental health, your, there's no separation between how you act on a daily basis, whether you're going to work or you're going to weightlift or you're in a meet or you're at the Olympics, there's no separation right. between what you do on a daily basis and your mind that gets you there. So it's just bizarre when people are so like, bizarre. it's, I, you know, I, yeah, I don't know, but I, I personally love mental health. It's like better or worse than other, someone else's. No. Someone's like, well, mine is worse because I have this going on. And it's uh. like, you know, because it's all, it's, doesn't mean your trauma is any worse than my trauma. It's just different. No, right. You know, it's better trauma. And so I think that, you know, I was really encouraging of Maddie uh, to really kind of be open about it and to talk about it and not feel shame about it or like not allow people to put this stigma on her. Yeah. And it's something that I had to do for myself because for a lot of times I was like, oh, I can't talk about my anxiety. You know, I have been diagnosed with severe anxiety and I'm on medication. I had a very, you know, I did have a traumatic childhood and for a long time, I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want people to look at me and be like, she's weak. How can she be a coach? She's weak. Right. She doesn't have it together. She's supposed to be in charge of me. And I, and I worried that people would look at me like I was broken or that I wasn't capable of being a successful, high powered, you know, strong woman of a coach. And I, I felt a lot of shame because society wants you to think shame, you know, that you should be shame, feel yeah. shame for being broken. And then finally I was like, this is who I am. So here we go. This yeah. is all of me. And, and I, I realized that once I started doing that, that more people were like, Oh my God, thank you for saying this because I also feel shame or I also am afraid to admit that some days I'm struggling. Yeah. I think the more that people hear it, even if they don't say, oh my God, thank you so much for, for saying it. Like the more people hear it, the more comfortable they might feel. And I, yeah. I just, I, I think that understanding that the struggle is shared is sometimes one of the most compelling and calming and helpful resources. Just understanding that you're not alone and how you feel and, is part of why I was really, really, and still am really vocal about like the severe postpartum anxiety that I went through when I first had my son. It's like, cause no one talked about this shit. Yeah. And then I just found myself sitting in my living room going fucking nuts. And I'm like, how come no one ever said anything? And the more people I talked to, they were like, oh yeah, I did this too. And the best therapy I had was talking to other moms who were like, I also had this and this is what happened to me. And I'm like, well, where were you people? When <laughs> I, I told you, I told you. Actually, John was one of the most vocal people about like, you probably aren't going to want to come on the podcast for a little bit because you're going to be feeling a little nuts. Yeah, I told you, I know I, you know, here's the true story. So when my oldest daughter, my oldest daughter has terrible ADHD and anxiety issues. And we took her to the pediatrician to get her diagnosed and to get her some medication for it. And we're sitting there talking to the pediatrician and she's asking her all these questions. And then the pediatrician starts asking me questions. And about halfway through, she's like, have you heard a word I said? And I'm like, 
no. She's like, so then she started asking more questions. She's like, yeah, you've got it too, asshole. Like, <laughs> she sat there and diagnosed me for about 15 minutes. And then all of a sudden it occurred to me, like I start running through my brain of like every, you know, every stage of my life from high school until, you know, that was in my forties and now in my fifties of, you know, what I thought was, oh, I'm just not good in school. Turns out I had terrible ADHD. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had That's no funny. clue, like no idea, you know, and it, it really changed my life. And like, you know, this concept of why it's so important to talk about it. Cause I, you mm. know, I, I fully agree with you, Amy, like, you know, there are days I had, I can't get out of bed. No. I don't want to get out of bed. And, you know, I can see where people would, you know, and I've seen those online arguments people have with Maddie and kudos oh to her, God. by the way, because she claps back at all of those assholes, She does. All of them. Like, yeah. she's really good about fighting back. back and then blocks. Yeah. Uh-huh. She's, she's the best. But, um, you know, it's but like. It doesn't mean that those comments don't hurt. Of course oh, not. Yeah, they oh, John hurt. is John knows all about that. Yeah, but it, but it's important, I think, to continue to talk about it because mm-hmm. others need to understand that it isn't something that you can control. You can manage it, and you can work through it. And it's super important to have someone like yourself to be able to talk through it and kind of find out where you're at for that particular day. Right. But you don't own it. Yeah. It, sometimes it just happens. You know. Yeah. yeah. Like sometimes. It, it, the best you have today is to get out of bed and get dressed, or maybe you don't even get dressed, but you like make no. yourself some breakfast and that's the best you can do today. Then yay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I, I well, love we what went. you guys are doing. I, I will say when I met you guys in Salt Lake City, I fangirled a little. I love Maddie, but not because she's a great lifter. She scares me when she lifts. <laughs> she, she's way, she's so, so much stronger than me. I can't wrap my someone her size that can lift that kind of weight just scares me. You know? So cool. And, and, you know, I'm a dad. So like, I, I, you know, she's a young girl. Like I see her lifting. I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's going to die. Don't do that. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. You're a skeleton. Oh God. Yeah. However, uh, Nikki, if you don't follow this, she, um, shelters cats, like kittens. Mm-hmm. Little, oh, oh, they're so cute. All and, the, she has all the feral cats now come to and live at her house. Oh, she has oh, so many cats and being my cats like right next to me right now. Mm-hmm. And I love cats. So I love that. And then, and she and I share this love of John Mayer. Oh. Like I, I can't even like, hold on, wait, I have like a poster. That's his poster on the wall. Back yes. Yeah. Like, John Mayer. Her husband really loves John Mayer. So she really likes John Mayer. I feel like they go to like every concert that he has and, and multiple times. Oh, he's the greatest. So I, I think we're kind of lost souls that way. Music. Probably. That's how you're related. Yeah. That's it. A little bit. I think we're not related in weightlifting. There's no, doubt. Yeah. <laughs> no one really is. No one really are related to her in weightlifting. Yeah. Well, that, that may be true. Well, we're kind of right up against time, but Amy, I'm so excited for you. You're such a great yeah. addition to our yeah. face off and, and, you know, Matt and Matt and Sammy and the rest of the team, they're super lucky to have you. Oh so. my gosh. How I'm lucky. I mean, thank you for that. But how lucky am I that I get to be part of something so amazing and, and I'm just so excited for coming months and I'm so grateful that they chose me and I'm hope that Bean came to say hi. I be. I catch him somewhere, but Blue's right here. Blue, yeah, Hi, he's so Blue. ridiculous. Everyone on the internet loves Blue. <laughs> uh, I know. I, Blue, Blue came in. He was carrying his toy. I was like, "You got it." No. Blanky. Oh, there's a cat. Hi, oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for saying that. I am very, very lucky to have the HWPO family, and they're amazing people, and my new family. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try to get up there soon. Hopefully, I'll get a run into you in person. We'll yeah, that would be awesome. I'm not going to lift weights in front of you. If you're there, <laughs> I'm just like, nope, no barbells. I'm injured. So, uh, <laughs> That's what everybody says. Nobody wants to lift weights in front of me. Yeah. I'm like, why? Yeah, yeah. At the game, when we were at the games, everyone kept saying, are you just cringing watching these people? <laughs> like, Do you want to just like over-evaluate? And, but I don't because otherwise, like I want to just be at the games and like enjoy the sport, right? I just want to enjoy it like everybody else. And so I try to shut that coaching brain off a little bit. Yeah. Unless it's one of our own people um, and I have to take notes, but I kind of tend to be like overlook those things a little bit because I want to be able to be a fan of the, the of sport. Of course. Not pick everything apart. 
That makes sense. Well, and truthfully, I don't want you to fix all the weightlifting because it's going to ruin some of my memes. <laughs> yeah. Let's be, let's be okay, well, about me unless it's really a good one. Yeah. I need, I need some really shitty lifts. I need them to do some dumb things from time to time. I need some big misses, you know, like <laughs> good for business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. You could just be like, okay, well, next time Amy should be here to coach this person. <laughs> yeah, well, see, that's why Matt was never memeable because his lifts were always perfect. They were just always beautiful. There's nothing I can do with them ever. So consistent. Truly. Mm-hmm. I love yeah, it. For sure. Well, thank you for joining us. We, I really we- appreciate you having me on. I hope that I met your expectations. <laughs> And I hope I didn't talk in circles too much and like said some useful stuff. I know far exceeded, far exceeded all of our expectations for sure. Yeah, we definitely will want to have you back on after you've had some time to work with the team there and, and, you know, start to put your stamp on what they're doing. When I can talk about more stuff. (laughs) Yeah. We will absolutely do that. (laughs) All right. Well, Nikki, great to see you for two nights in a row. I know. Love it. And we have Haley, we have Haley Adams tomorrow night. We're going to talk Yay. about Cracker Barrel. My my favorite, my favorite topic, my favorite person. We love Haley so much. Yeah. She's like she's been on the show like three or four times now, yeah, and we always have fun with her. So it's going to be super fun. So awesome. Well, have a wonderful evening, and thanks again for the opportunity to talk with you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry you. I didn't bring a kettlebell or a cocktail. <laughs> next time, there's always <laughs> next time. Always next, next time. Next time. All right. Well, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining us and we will talk to you guys tomorrow night.